OTB Sports Rugby. Do you want to just take it easy, keep the emotion in check? That's not what sport is about. It's about emotion. It's about singing your national anthem with pride. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. I'm prepared to end it in my cap. Well, do it then. Again. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <gasps> Why should be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? <gasps> now you're along. Football show. We're in the midst of, uh, well, what we can call thus far classic at Anfield second half has just started Liverpool 2 Real Madrid 2 Nunes Salah followed by Vinicius Junior twice on 21 minutes and 36 minutes Liverpool were 2-0 up after just 14 minutes blistering start who knows what's going to happen in the second 45 Kenny Cunningham and I will take you through it Kenny good evening again alright I should let you know uh, listener I bought Kenny some chocolate <laughs> with my own money let it go, Joe. Let at it the go. vending machine. He threw it back in my face. <laughs> Not a fan of a raisin in his Yorkie, it turns out. A lesson learned. Travesty. Uh, meanwhile, we've had a uh, thoroughly enjoyable middle hour watching this game. Uh, we'll talk through some of the goals in just a moment. Is that a penalty? I think it's a free kick right on the edge of the penalty box. Venetia's taking on uh, Alexander-Arnold, beating him, and then Joe Gomez coming across. A clumsy one. We'll talk through some of the goals in just a moment, but in broad terms, oh. high tempo, high yeah. quality. Yeah, high quality, you're right. Really good tempo. First five, ten minutes, absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> Liverpool, uh, Liverpool starting a bit of a high press, high tempo, trying to get on the front foot, but as well as that, Madrid not being intimidated, looking to play their football, even on the edge of their penalty box, Joe, and trying to impose themselves. So... Yeah, I thought it was a great start to the game and yeah, never relented really. Yeah, like lots of great moments where yeah. there was excellent attacking play and then brilliant defending. You couldn't you like, couldn't fault either side. You just, you just had to say, well, that was great football from both. Yeah, it was. I mean, Madrid came back in, uh, came into the game, obviously. <gasps> oh goal! God, back in the game even more so now. Real Madrid goal out of nowhere. Yeah. Where, 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 where? Just that free kick that Joe Gomez gave away at the edge of the box. A bit clumsy. Should have stayed in his feet, uh, Joe. Really experienced defender and just shepherded Venetia's away from the goal. Didn't give away the free kick. Modric is on it. And you're thinking most people are just going to scoop that into the six-yard box. Somebody go put your head on it. But he didn't. This looks like a uh, worked-out routine for me. He just kind of pops it. It's almost like a little cutback uh, through the air. Uh, to Vinicius it was and it's just the timing all the Liverpool players are expecting the cross to come into the box and it's more of a precision ball for me for Modric he actually picks out Vinicius I think it's Militao actually oh it's Militao excuse me yeah and what he does Joe he starts at the back post Militao and Liverpool have got that zonal defending so as he makes that run to the near post nobody goes with him this is the to a certain extent the course of the zonal defending when he arrives in that area, the timing of the pass from Modric is absolutely perfect. So as he arrives, the ball's there and it's, it's a relatively easy easy header, isn't it? Five yards out. Yeah, he almost, uh, with the side of his foot, admittedly, but he almost punches that ball head height all the way and as you said, no one went with him. I think it was Gapko was on Militao initially, but a bit flat-footed. So from 2-0 down to 3-2 up at Anfield, 49 minutes on the clock. Let's see what the Liverpool response is. Just uh, to chat through the goals four minutes the Darwin Nunes goal both the Salah pass which did not look on when he hit it and then the Nunes finish was outrageous oh it was and it was even more than that 
uh, Joe, to be honest with you. The hold of play initially from uh, Gakpo, that central area, getting his head up, just uh, fed it into Salah. And as he drifts inside on his left foot, you know he's always looking for that kind of pass, but it looked as if the gate was shut. You know, it needed that literally eye of a needle pass, weight of the pass had to be perfect. The movement uh, from Nunes as well actually got himself into an orthodox central striking position, really, didn't he? When he made the run, he came off the left hand side, he drifted into that central area, and then a little explosion of pace in behind Militao. The ball had to be perfect from Salah, which it was. And even Denny had a bit to do, hadn't he? The ball was slightly behind him, and just a little flick with the inside of his right foot. It was a brilliant finish. What a great goal. The old Lee Sharp, Kenny. <laughs> yeah gigs they could all do that one um, yeah it was a brilliant goal all, uh, all ends up yeah it was fantastic so that was Liverpool 1-0 up really amazing goal if you haven't seen it you will and uh, the pass doesn't look on that's the thing if you if you press pause as Salah's uh, making his way towards the area there's nothing on and uh, then moment of quality and Liverpool are 1-0 up 10 minutes later this was not a moment of quality Mo Salah scores uh, Courtois we were just uh, chatting during the half. Courtois is of that generation akin to David De Gea where uh, the demands of his position have transformed midway through his career. And I'm not saying he makes this mistake uh, routinely, but he probably didn't grow up having to play football yeah. to this extent. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. I think it's a fair point. And you, you could sit, he's a big man, isn't he? Six foot four, big, big lump as well. Um, not a nice back pass. No, it wasn't. And I think there's actually, yeah, it's actually similar to the to the mistake which Alisson made in terms of the quality of the back pass. I think uh, Carvajal could have done better, could have popped that along the deck. He didn't. He bounces it into him. Even still, Joe, he should do better. Rudiger just drops off to the left-hand side to receive the ball. I just thought he was going to pop it over Mo Salah's head, but he didn't. He had a bit of a panic attack, took the extra touch. But even still, even then, looks like a tap-in for Mo Salah but it wasn't you know what I mean he hadn't got a huge amount of the goal to aim for Courtois still there between him and the goal and he's like a little bit off balance it takes with the outside of his left yeah. foot just kind of backs himself it was like a real kind of in, impudent finish almost brilliant though from Salah and yeah looking great value at that stage although to be fair Joe at, I don't know what, what, what you know what your feeling was at the time but a 2-0 for Liverpool I was looking at that clock thinking long long way to go here precisely and I mean it's not like this Madrid side are, it's, I don't think it's possible to rattle them I mean even like no. moments after that mistake from Courtois they're still smashing the ball back to him they're playing football they haven't lost their composure whatsoever and, and they probably had actually Madrid had a pretty good spell immediately after that Liverpool goal the uh, Vinicius Junior first goal on 21 minutes uh, you made the point that this guy can get his shot away in double quick fashion and he did that here it was a curler into the far corner Oh, it was brilliant. Even how he got his yard of space, Joe. There's a lot of Liverpool. It's a low defensive block. The Liverpool midfielders, Henderson and Fabinho, are almost kind of holding hands with their defenders behind them. Initially, he's kind of in contact with Jordan Henderson. He kind of drops the shoulder on him a little bit and gets himself a kind of uh, a yard of space. And because of that, he gets torn. And he's actually running at, at Gomez now, generally speaking. From a defensive point of view, you're hoping one of your centre midfielders will stay in contact with him and push him away from goal. It was just that little bit of individual skill, like I said, a little bit of a shimmy, dropping the shoulder on, and Henderson kind of went for it a little bit. Now he's torn and he's facing the goal and he's taking a big step towards Gomez. I think it was Fabinho tried to get across, but it was too late. Just opens up his foot and tremendous power and precision on the finish. It was a brilliant goal. Brilliant goal. He had a similar moment later in the game and he slipped as he hit the strike and it was just a brilliant Alisson save. But ball was going for the same 
uh, corner. So he likes that one, uh, Vinicius. His second goal, uh, I guess you give him 10 out of 10 for trying to close down Alisson, but ultimately it's on Alisson. Um, there was a bit of a bobble on the back pass, bit of a bobble. And did he try to be too clever? Now, this is what I'm talking about. I mean, I thought Joe Gomez done really well initially in terms of uh, dropping early into the space, knew the, the threat of Venetia's speed. So he recognised Liverpool had given it away, hadn't they, by Cechic, had given it away cheaply in midfield. Gomez got himself back into a good defensive position. Ball was played through. Now he's favourite, so it's just a little uh, side pass back to the goalkeeper. But unfortunately, if you see it, he just pops it into the turf, doesn't yeah. he? So now it's bobbling towards Alisson. And I think that and comes he, into his decision-making. He gave it to Mesut Ozil. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. But that type of... I think if he slides that along the deck yeah. to Alisson, Alisson just hits that 50 yards up the pitch because he doesn't even have to think about it. Yeah. I think the fact it was bobbling slightly towards him, I think that makes his mind of, I'm, I'm just going to get a solid inside step on it back out towards um, Gomez, which wasn't on. And one of the... Um, uh, replays we saw Joe it just looked as if I felt it just might have slightly come off his standing foot mm. before he even made contact which makes it even even harder obviously so yeah look as a goalkeeper mistake he's going to have a, hold his hands up and take responsibility but in, the, in but in regards to the Real Madrid goal and that goal yeah. I think both goalkeepers after the game be looking at the defenders Carver, Hall and Gomez and thinking could have made it a little bit easier for me I was in a touch unlucky the amount of times that deflection goes off striker and goes wide or goes over yeah. more often than not it doesn't go in but no. uh, this shot up in the air off uh, Vinicius's standing leg and just bounced into the net it took a moment on TV to realise oh it's in I thought it had no. gone wide initially I know and, good uh, though yeah amazing massive turnaround massive Van, turnaround Van Dyke went to give like Alisson a you know keep your head up thing and it's in, you know it's kind of interesting watching these games with former footballers sometimes you were like oh he doesn't need that don't do that to him don't patronise him yeah it's the last thing you want you just want to be kind of uh, left alone just to kind of simmer down uh, yourself because he'll know that's a that's a big mistake I mean we're looking we're looking at the game here now oh, oh it's, a, it's a Real Madrid goal massive deflection Massive deflection, Benzema, 55 minutes. Real Madrid from 2-0 down or 4-2 up. Wow. Yeah, I was just going to mention that, oh, obviously we're chatting here, Joe, we're looking at the game, the, the volume's down, isn't it? But every time I look at the, Certainly at the screen, so. it's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's Madrid in the Liverpool half, we're seeing real kind of sustained pressure in the opening 10 minutes in this second half. Real Madrid almost looking as if they've gone up a gear. I wouldn't yeah. say come out of their shell, but sharp they've just found another gear. in the Liverpool half, a lot of sharp passing. Oh yeah, this is, it's it's an example of a little one-two edge of the area. Benzema doesn't get a great shot away. No, he doesn't. He just kind of lends it to Rodrigo, gets it back. He's actually reaching. It's gone wide off his left foot, yeah. And it's Gomez, isn't it? He's just kind of stood there. He can't just can't shuffle his feet. He hits it straight at him. Comes off oh, his left foot. Yeah. Deflects past the goalkeeper. It's a Benzema shot. Whereas you said he's reaching for the ball. He gets no purchase on it. No power. Skews it a touch. It's going to go about five yards wide with no power. And it's off Gomez and uh, Alisson. I don't know if Alisson had no chance, but clearly couldn't get to it. That's two goals where Liverpool will feel a touch unlucky. 4-2. This is, wow, amazing, isn't it? But this is the quality that they have, uh, Madrid. And again, those Liverpool goals, I'm just looking at that last call there, uh, Joe Liverpool, kind of plenty of uh, bodies back. You know, I think it could have... You know, you could one or two small little issues in there in terms of how they could defend at the edge of the box. Fabinho fronts of Benzema, it kind of gets done with the one-two. 
could Gomez have actually stepped out early and dealt with Benzema because he doesn't run he's the only he's, he doesn't run into the box initially he checks his run to the edge of the box every every Liverpool defender drops into the box but there's nobody else there you know Benzema does that a lot does he doesn't make it easy for you as a centre half doesn't go stand on your toes Joe yeah. like you know what I mean he comes away from you 10 yards away yeah. are you going to come and follow me no most centre halves don't really want to go there but sometimes as a centre half you have to because there's, there's no threat in behind you nobody's attacking the space True. in behind you better to step out early and go and engage Benzema on the edge of the box rather than let him have the ball get his head up and look to play a little clever one too which he did so it's always small detail in games like this mm. uh, Cliche alert next goal crucial and all that uh, I mean Liverpool are still in the game and they have looked threatening but probably on balance Madrid are the better side you know strange goals aside Madrid look very very good in the Liverpool half they're knitting lovely passages together but you'd still say this is an improved Liverpool on recent months Yeah I enjoyed the first half performance yeah I've got to say that uh, good energy tempo to their game real kind of uh, physical presence as well and that's what we've, we've spoken about them like central midfield in particular Dar Henderson done well in the first half by Yetage. Yeah, a couple of small little errors, but Jenny, I thought he quit himself uh, quite well. Front three looked a real threat, real kind of cohesion to their play in and out possession, which we haven't seen too often from Liverpool, yeah. well, for the majority of the season. So, yeah, that was good to see. I really enjoyed their performance. Uh, the sharpness their passing. Salah looked, you know, sharp. Oh, yeah. Well, he had, yeah, he had, um, he had uh, Alaba tied up in, in knots. Alaba was a big disappointment for me. It looked as if, like, he'd lost the air a yard of pace it was no bad thing actually when he came off and Nacho was more of a dependable defender maybe came onto the pitch and Nunes obviously goal aside excellent goal aside uh, very alive yeah. big impact in the game Gakko yeah he looks comfortable well. Gakko does he down that central we spoke about it before the game like uh, for the Dutch and the World Cup look very comfortable in those central striking areas and again today first half you know holding play up strong boy isn't he yeah. looks a little bit kind of you know leans you know what I mean but he's he's strong he's quick and he can move with the ball. You know, he gets his head up. He, 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 you know, he sees pictures around them. So, yeah, he looks very comfortable in that kind of central uh, striking area. So, yeah, couldn't like I said, first half. You know, couldn't be. You'd be very pleased. Yeah. Liverpool's apart in terms of what you're seeing. Frustrated, obviously going into two all at half time. But the general performance, Joe's probably as good as they've seen all season. Yeah. So I think two-two uh, touch disappointed half time. Second half, one free kick routine, and then one big deflection. They're kind of scratching their heads a bit saying, do we deserve to be 4-2 down? But here they are. On uh, Bacetic, and he's going to be a really good player, I think. Um, it's interesting. I had thought looking at his play, he was a touch conservative in his passing this evening. And I was uh, mentioning to you against Newcastle in the build-up to one of the Liverpool goals. He took the ball off Van Dijk under a lot of pressure and just, uh, you know, like an inside of the foot turn, spun his man and uh, set up the goal. Uh, you know, I guess different levels, you get punished. He managed that beautifully at St. James's Park. But here, there was a moment in midfield where lovely little turn, got away from a man and then tried to do it again. Yeah. Just, uh, you can imagine it, you know, oh, I've beaten one or oh, I've beaten another. Yeah, exactly. That's, and, that's and was, exactly. And he was dispossessed in that moment, yeah. uh, having been very conservative and assured for much of the game and Madrid going punish. And that, you know, that would be a real... be a big mistake from the uh, the goalkeeper sure. as well. Don't get me wrong. But you're right, that's experience, realising, yeah, I've made a good pass and, you know, let's not get too carried away. Keep keep me emotions in check. Make sure your next one's a good one. Mm. Looking to play a big switch of play there. Yeah, look, he's shown us what I think we already, we've seen already in Liverpool jersey. Good, um, uh, very calm in possession. Good kind of range of pass and likes to play the game at his kind of pace. Looks... 
Morris Eam Joe looks like more of a ball playing uh, midfielder to me traditionally in these number 8 positions which Liverpool have had you're looking at midfield players who are box to box arriving onto things arriving late into the box i.e. Henderson Wijnaldum those type of players even Naby Keita uh, Oxlade Chamberlain those type of players not happy to drop deep and get on the ball and play want to arrive on things this lad maybe looks a little bit different happy to sit maybe sit a little bit more on that central area not exactly sure that's what Liverpool uh, need in there I mean he could be fighting with Fabinho potentially going forward for that that holding midfield position but um, yeah it's clearly a player of, of quality Nunez just uh, picked the ball Liverpool sort of on the counter attack and it was the most telegraphed I'm going to sprint here until I run into a bunch of bodies did that lost the ball and then Madrid take it and there's so much craft Madrid I mean, they just saw these little clever triangles and experience and quality I mean uh, <laughs> you can see why people did write them off as this ageing force but then they keep on doing it and I would say they're starting just last five ten minutes as we've talked here starting to turn the screw a touch play their way around Liverpool a bit easier maybe yeah I think so some of those Liverpool players aren't pressing with as much vigour as they could in the first half yeah I agree start lose the lose confidence a little bit when that happens opposition team start working the ball around you're pressing you're getting past it round one two one two you yeah. go again and suddenly you, you start to doubt yourself a little bit yeah you know that can creep into your place so you have to fight that uh, a little bit I'd like to think there's enough experience in that uh, Liverpool team but experience only carry you too far we all know experience what an asset that can be but only to a point yeah so like you know what I mean Gotta be able to keep running. Yeah, and they look as if they're really enjoying themselves at the moment with Madrid. Uh, you know that point you said on uh, Bacic that he, he looks like somebody who likes to play the game at his own pace. Uh, you did not see the Liam Brady documentary. Not yet. I, I will be watching it. We were disappointed that night when it was meant to be on and then wasn't on. Yeah, that's right. But it eventually was on and you just reminded me of a lovely comment that Tardelli makes about Brady. I didn't realise, by the way, they were such good friends as players. Right. So I knew, obviously, with the Trapattoni era, oh, there's obviously a bit of a connection. Yeah. But I thought maybe that was predominantly Trapattoni and Tardelli and Brady was along for the ride as well. So as you'll see when you watch the documentary, when Madrid shot goes just wide, Tardelli and Brady are like brothers. Like, they loved each other. Like, best friends, effectively. But Tardelli was, was describing... Uh, Liam Brady and he, and he was doing this over this gorgeous footage of Brady just like jogging through midfield by different players <laughs> so Tardelli said Brady was kind of an annoying player because he wasn't slow but he wasn't fast and yet he would just beat you with a feint and then yeah. beat you and just keep going and he said Liam played the game at his own unique pace which was a, I suspect a very insightful summation of, of Brady and then it just cut to like I said footage of Brady Running at what you'd call three quarters pace, but beating players. Yeah. Gorgeous dribbling ability. I didn't quite know he was such a good dribbler, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's not too many of them around. There hasn't been for quite some time. Uh, Joe, you're really struggling. That orthodox central midfield player who can not just carry the ball, but actually go go past. I think think we had this conversation before, didn't we? Wiltshire was one I've mentioned before, that one of the very few that I've seen who had that uh, ability I think it came up when we were saying that Foden centrally for England yeah exactly I don't think central midfielders are encouraged to dribble now I think every coach should tell any teenage midfielder don't dare try and take a man on move it on pass 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 yeah I think you're right I think there's a bit of that it's been coached out with players a little bit kind of fixed patterns of play you know A, B, C, D which, which I understand I wouldn't be critical of that but um, 
Yeah, you'd never like to see. Oh, you'd never like to see that taking out the ability of somebody one v one situations. Yeah, I mean that's what kind of breaks down your kind of you know you know tactical defensive tactical setups and organisation. You know what I mean? You can you can you can think ahead and and try and uh, imagine you know all sorts of potential situations and set your team up to counteract it. But the ability of somebody just to get the ball and go right, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the whole dynamic of this game in the next three seconds by dropping my shoulder and beating two and. And putting it in the back of the net, you know what I mean? So not too many of them around. Liam was, oh, was one of them. Footage is beautiful. Bacetic with a long-range effort. Still, Real Madrid 4, Liverpool 2. The Brady documentary, we talked about it on the show a good bit, so won't labour the point. It will be right up your street. Yeah, looking There's forward to it. Yeah. a letter Jack Charlton wrote to Brady after the fallout and the end of Brady's career. There's a letter that Charlton wrote to Brady, which Brady reads out at the end of the documentary, and it will knock your socks off. A beautiful Jack Charlton letter to Liam. Oh, nice. Apologising for the hurt I've caused you. Lines like that in it. Oh, wow, yeah. Amazing. And uh, <laughs> one other moment, how football's changed. Tardelli and Brady are chatting and Tardelli uh, turns around to him and says, hang on, you were, you were top scorer for us that year, weren't you? And Brady's like, I was, yeah. And I was thinking, God, was Brady weighing in with 20 from midfield as well? <laughs> and uh, oh. Tardelli goes, what did you, how many did you score again? Brady, eight. <laughs> <laughs> you can score so many goals in the, the, the Serie A back in those days oh my god uh, we'll take a short break there's a few things we want to get through uh, the name Benny McCarthy was being sung around Old Trafford believe it or not at the weekend so I want to ask Kenny about that as Madrid on their counter attack there's a big chance for Benzema takes it around Alisson oh wow 5-2 Madrid are celebrating all the players jumping in the air like they're through they may well be through talk to us Oh, the quality the quality of this goal is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. That Talk so about tra- quick transition. Liverpool and the Real Madrid uh, half the pitch give up possession. Luka Modric for the first kind of three seconds when they turn the ball over is absolutely phenomenal what he does. 37 years of age under pressure. You're talking about Liam Brady in terms of dropping his shoulder and just gliding past people. That's exactly what he does. Opens it up. Seeing it here the replay. Liverpool in possession as Fabinho gives it away Modric takes it off him Modric pounces on on Fabinho unbelievable he just drives forward uh, but yet as you could argue maybe take him out take a yellow card because once he gets past him Liverpool are really in trouble because he's got uh, Vinicius on his left hand side Benzema on his right plays Vinicius who slides in Benzema and even then he's got a bit to do doesn't panic puts uh, um, Alisson on his backside. There's even two Liverpool defenders on the goal line. Is it Robertson and Van Dijk? Yeah. Just slides it inside foot, puts it inside the the near post. Like calm, just personified. I mean, absolutely brutal that is. They've been that so brutal. so good tonight. Like so brilliant to go 2-0 down away from home and to be 5-2 up after 68 minutes. This actually is now getting into the territory. I think Liverpool fans were worried it would be a couple of weeks ago, which is a touch embarrassing for them. 5-2 at yeah. home two up I mean Bernabeu could be a whole uh, whole different struggle in itself but this is like it, you know it's a it's a heavy slightly heavy touch isn't it Yeah. from Fabinho but this is the way the game this is the modern game now if you're Fabinho on that uh, area of the pitch Liverpool in advanced areas of the pitch uh, committing players high up you know stretching the pitch big distances between people you give up that ball as a, like a deep defensive midfielder in that area of the pitch. He's what, 20, 15, 20 yards yeah. inside uh, the opposition half. You give the ball up there. 
you are in big, big trouble because the normal defensive principles when I played no longer apply now. You know, that it's gone now. So you give the ball away there, you're banging in trouble. There's no way those advanced players, your full backs, players in advance to the ball can get back. The distances are too big now mm. in terms of how, how uh, teams set up. The only player, like I said, young uh, boy Cechic again, you're talking about uh, experience. He's the last one who's got a chance to affect uh, Modric and I think really should have. If that was Fabinho there, there's no way Modric is staying on his feet. You know, he's on his backside as a free kick and he's taking a yellow card. As soon as Modric gets beyond Bietic, you know they're in trouble because you know he's going to pick the right pass and invariably so does Vinicius and the finish from Benzema. Yeah. Absolutely top quality. Top quality, yeah. Uh, football shows brought to you by Sky. You can watch or be Leipzig take on Man City in the Champions League tomorrow night live only on BT Sport. Short ad break. More from Kenny in just a sec. Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports An interesting uh, substitutions at Anfield Joe Gomez is coming on for Joel Matip Go win us the game, Joe <laughs> Or don't, let's not concede anymore And James Maybe. Milner on for Henderson Fresh legs, I guess Henderson's bit more energy about him maybe 70 minutes is what he has in the tank at this level and Milner goes on to see it home for the last uh, 25 yeah that is a let's not concede another type uh, change yeah it's difficult it's a bit of a head wreck this one as a player they're not fills the Liverpool players 5-2 what do you do stick or twist they've already seen how dangerous Madrid are in the counter-attack transition second half but you know pretty much this tie is over at 5-2 so mm to try and push to an extent I think I uh, said it wrong Matip's on for Gomez not the opposite way around but either way I don't think it's going to yeah, be yeah he hasn't had the greatest of nights Gomez you could you know a couple of those goals we spoke about the quality of the back I know it's only small detail the free kick he gave away start to the second half I spoke about no need to go to ground there but just stay in your feet it's a bit like because I was just we were chanting the ad break because it is just such an interesting game I was sort of saying for a team that have conceded five would you say Liverpool have defended badly and it's it's more what you're describing there which is those those small mistakes yeah. Gomez Bacetich and they yeah. just get punished yeah and it's amazing Joe because even in my career I always found even the the, the, the level the highest level that I got to, even like in international football and just kind of you know professionally whatever never played in the premiership for me the basic principle still applied even the higher that you went you know just do the basics even at the highest level it used to cost you you know what I mean just yeah. switching off you know a runner having an extra touch to you know going to ground when you should have stayed in your feet you know going tight to a player when you should have dropped into this all the all the basic the fundamentals yeah. of kind of defending that your talk growing up still apply even when you're playing at the elite level and we've spoken about a few of them tonight in relation to a couple of the goals Liverpool have conceded. So you're right, actually, in terms of Liverpool's kind of collective defensive structure. I actually think stood up quite well, particularly first half, um, which was great to see. But within that, you know, just individual errors. And I'm not talking about, I know there was an error from Alisson, a big error in relation to the second goal. But the other goals, just, just small little errors like decision-making, positional sense, you know, have just cost them. This team has been absolutely ruthless. Real Madrid, you just get a sense they just smelled blood there, Joe. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, at the start of the second half, you know, they went after Liverpool. You know, there was almost like a collective a half time. Come on, there's another gear or two here from us. Let's go and we can actually take this game away from Liverpool's second half. Yeah, they've looked very good. Uh, life can be strange. So if you had said to Benny McCarthy 
in 2004 when he scored two goals for Jose Mourinho's Porto to knock Manchester United out of the Champions League. He said, Benny, in 19 years' time, when United are beating Leicester, the Old Trafford faithful will be singing <laughs> your name. He would have been thinking, really? How is that going to go? So Benny McCarthy is now 45 years of age. Had a better career than you would think, actually. Yeah. He was a really good player. So I mentioned the Porto good Champions career, League yeah. situation. But even at Blackburn, 140 games for Blackburn. He scored 52 goals. He finished second to Drogba in the Golden Boot in the Premier League in 2007. Second to Drogba. Disappointing spell at West Ham in Middle And then for South Africa, 79 matches. He is their all-time leading scorer with 31 goals. So this guy knows how to score a goal. Uh, Manchester United and Ten Hag were looking at their situation. And Ten Hag said, interestingly, last month, he said, in our coaching staff, we had a lot of defenders, a lot of midfield players. I wanted a balance. Benny's offensive-minded. He's a former striker. And that's a very specific task in a team. He said, I, I never played there, so I'm lucky to have someone on my staff who's a specialist. Football is about scoring. You have a goalkeeping specialist, you have to have offensive specialists, in particular, a scoring coach. So it seems United went after Robin Van Persie. He said, come on back. We'd love to have you. Van Persie couldn't be tempted. And it seems Benny McCarthy's agent uh, made the appeal, said, look, he understands the Ajax way from his time in Holland. That's your way, Ten Hag. He speaks English, Dutch, Spanish and Portuguese, can speak to all your players. Uh, why don't you give him a chance? And so they gave him a chance and they uh, watched him work with the under-23s at Carrington. Ten Hag watched these sessions. No pressure, Benny. And he said, I like the cut of your jib. In you come. Uh, apparently, McCarthy accepted without even discussing salary. His agent puked in the car when he heard this. You're kidding me. Uh, but he accepted without discussing salary. He's already, he's, by the way, he's turned down the South African national team job. Head coach manager so clearly interested in building his resume in the right way and not rushing into things still only 45 long story short Marcus Rashford in particular has worked closely with him on his heading in particular scored the header against Leeds and I think one against West Ham as well uh, Jaden Sancho apparently has been working with him as well but uh, Rashford pretty effusive about the job that Benny McCarthy has done with him um, so pretty interesting and we were going to even chat about this and I was saying in, in, in some respects there could be an old school mentality in football whereby someone's just a finisher and knows how to finish or ah, he's not a natural finisher, you can't really teach that sort of thing. Uh, clearly you can and uh, Rashford, proof in the pudding, McCarthy doing something right. You'd love to sit in, in those sessions and, and, and see what he's doing but you're all for this. Yeah, I think so. Well, why not? Try and find out. Let's bring, well, what have you got to lose? You know, absolutely nothing. Uh, so bring him in. I think it was I think it was um, smart in terms of getting him in and giving him having a look at him up close, you know, because you can talk to talk. You know, his agent saying, "Oh, he knows the Ajax way." I'm not exactly sure what that means, to be honest with you. And you know, he speaks kind of foreign languages, and you know, if you're talking rubbish in foreign languages, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't worry about all that. But when you get someone on the training pitch, and you have an opportunity to look at him up close, his interaction with the players, the information that he's given uh, the players, I think that's when that's the that's when you make your judgment call off the back of that. So he's obviously happy with what he saw. So I think that was smart mm. in terms of that. And uh, he's clearly had an impact. You know, you, you take Rashford at his word in terms of how he's enjoyed working with him and he has been a help. So yeah, I think that's a smart move. I really do. Because I think it's we all know it's a kind of specialised area of the pitch. Yeah. You know, he speaks about like def defenders on his coaching staff. That's, you know, it's always been pretty much part of the core for the course. And I think in terms of Joe, the kind of... Um, 
like tactical setup of the team, you know, the in possession and out possession. I think generally speaking, you know, it's not understood, but by and large, it's it's players who've played with kind of in defensive areas of pitch with a defensive mindset, probably best served in terms of t- tactical setup, in terms of setting up a team, particularly out out possession. I was just going to say that, by the way. <sighs> There's not always. It's, I know, not, a, but like you know, it's you, not a given. Like, I know, but, but I, I, have speaking, that, I have that bias against strikers as well to be head coaches, managers. Now, texting who are Mick Epstein'll uh, do a scan of his brain. Who are the great managers who were strikers? But I do have this no, bias against them. Yeah, I was, but I'm not talking about that. I think that's different. I'm talking about someone on the well? training pitch in terms of responsibility, like tactical setup of the team, in possession and out possession. You you can have a manager who's a, uh, say Alan Shearer for example. Uh, See, I would come in as a manager, manager, but he could delegate that responsibility to somebody else. I'm just ta- I'm generally speaking for me. Uh, Coaches that I worked with and enjoyed working with kind of could give me good information in terms of my defensive play and helped me from a defensive point of view, positional sense and everything else were generally cut from the same jib like they were defenders themselves. Fairness, Mick has named two good ones. Alex Ferguson, Brian Clough. <laughs> Just to my point. But I am biased against No, strikers. but again I'm talking Brian Clough didn't coach on the on the, on the or, or even did Alex Ferguson. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I'd separate them mm. in terms of managers who actually manage play, manage players and manage the dressing room as opposed to just some managers who coach, some managers don't coach. You know what I mean? In your experience, and be honest here. Would you trust a striker to be a good coach? Because <laughs> I don't think they have it in them. I don't think they. Or think a goalkeeper? No, I'm only kidding. Um, I don't think they have. No, I, don't I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily. Think no, I'd always way. listen. I'd always listen to anybody. But the basic, if you if you looked at, it, I never have. If you look at the data over the years in terms of, it generally is though, isn't it? When you look at coaches who work on the training pitch, it's usually somebody who's operating that area of the pitch. You know, defensively or central midfield, generally are yeah. the ones who kind of drive it because they're kind of seeing the whole picture. Whereas a striker's looking back the other way, going. I just want to score. I don't care about all that stuff back there. That's what's going on. Yeah, I don't think it's quite. As, <laughs> I think it's quite as simple as that. But in terms <laughs> of McCarthy, but in McCarthy, you're talking about real in specific. Well, he's finishing individual. Yeah, I, I imagine it's everything. You know, it's finishing. It's it's Movement. link up. It's like yeah, where are you looking to attack? What are you looking to do? Out well, possession. Are, are you aware of quick transitions? Rashford mentioned heading in particular. So it's like that kind of granular. It's well, what do you do? Do you when you when you're flicking one to the back post? How do you do it? It's interesting. Even at Rashford's level, Rashford's yeah, age, all, he's still yeah, getting all of that would come into I'd imagine. And then, like I said to you, it's just about repetition. Then it's just getting on with it. Then isn't it? Just practice it and practice it and repetition. Yeah. And it, so it's all of that. So yeah, I, so I understand that. So I, I read that article as well. So I was very interested. Uh, but uh, boy, I think it's always been around. Coaches naturally would do that work with strikers anyway. Any players, individual work is probably not as prominent uh, maybe 25, 30 years ago. Maybe it is now. The coaching staff is so big, it's quite bloated. Yeah. Now the coaching staff, you know, coaches have certain responsibilities. So I'd like to think that individual work is, is being done to a large extent now. But it always was generally. Okay. Coaches would always find work a bit of time to work individually. I used to do it before and after training. With, you used to coach the finishing? <laughs> I did actually, to be honest with you, yeah. Because... Um, uh, when Mick was at Millwall, um, he had a number two, uh, Ian Evans, who came to him uh, with Ireland. Yeah. And he used to do well for me. I think he took Pete on me, uh, Taff, as we used to call him. Because yeah. I'd be in I'd be in training uh, at the training ground early, nothing better to do. And he'd be out with the, tra- uh, the forwards before training with a big bag of balls, just smashing balls at them, touch, finish. Yeah. Sm- so I'd help him with the setup. I'd go out with him. I'd be hanging around and he'd kind of take that stray dog one, the whole routine. So he'd drag me onto the training pitch and he'd set balls up and I'd hit balls. 
practice my left foot to be honest and my left foot was only stand, my left foot was for standing on for when I went over to England okay, and sorry to interrupt okay so for me that's practice that's I'm going to fire balls at you touch shoot oh that was rubbish next up go Whereas what we're talking about here almost yeah, is more coaching. more nuanced, a little bit more nuanced. I take your point, but it's everything. It's what I'm talking about. And I saw it with that repetition. I because I, I saw it myself over a period of time, probably years. This slight, you know, small, isn't it? Small, gradual mm. improvement. You know what I mean? And and it's the same like with strikers. But you're right. There's all aspects of it. The technical side. Where are you hitting that ball? Strike your your yeah. balance. Your out balance. You're leaning. Where do you, you plant know? your foot? All yeah, that exactly. Stuff. Yeah. So it's all, all of that stuff as well. So it encompasses all of that. So clearly, I'm I'm guessing that's what uh, Benny McCarthy's doing. Yeah, I do think though deep down you do agree with me that you don't rate the views of strikers <laughs> or goalkeepers on tactics. You're like, oh, I'll listen to you, but really. No, not for me. Strikers, I found, was all, would always offer an opinion in terms of how you defended, but it was generally along the lines of, that's rubbish, what are you doing? <laughs> that's hopeless, how did you let him score? As opposed to, you know, yes. any any kind of detail on the argument. You know, I, I feel you should have dropped maybe two yards, you should have shown him that. Yeah. wasn't too much of that, wasn't too much of meat on the bone. detail, no. When you're being Just criticised. get on with it, give it to me. <laughs> I'm sure they'd argue the same as well. Uh, what a weekend, Arsenal City. I mean, talk about that thing going one way and then turning the other. So that was uh, so interesting and, and Arsenal have a bit of a lead again. I'm curious on the Chelsea situation. We touched on it on the uh, news round as well. Uh, is your sense that Potter, if he was given a decent chunk of time, could sort this out? Or is, is he in danger of like the whole thing turning to touch toxic dressing room, fed up, fans fed up, and, and it, it goes to a point where it's just too far gone? Well, that's what he's got to be uh, careful of, you know, while, he, while he's kind of managing the dressing room and putting all the pieces together, it doesn't become too toxic. Not not just within the dressing room, players going, oh, this fella hasn't got a clue what he's doing, yeah. but also the, the, the supporters losing faith, because we all know once you lose the uh, supporters, generally speaking, that's the trigger for the owners to... You know, pull the pull the trap door, but they'll get a sense of they're gonna they're gonna stick with him, and I think he will make it better. Um, I still think he's short one or two areas of the pitch. Again, I think there'll be more um, uh, people coming in the door in the summer. Still think they're short central midfield player, despite the fact they spent a hundred million on Fernandez. Still think they need somebody to play alongside him, and I just think if he gets those one or two more players in, he's got a full pre-season. Then I think then we'll see uh, the improvement because he's someone who does do the work. Yeah. on the training pitch and how he asks the team to play Joe pff, I don't think it's easy I know he's got some top class footballers there but you know the demands he puts on players in terms of how he wants them to play not easy not as if you're talking you know Sam Allardyce here coming in right lads keep it nice and compact you know you know, nice compact defensive and hit the channels and join in and to let, you know back to basics type thing it's, it's almost the opposite with Potter in terms of the demands he's putting on players particularly in possession I presume there will be a call over the summer but for the time being he has a first team squad of 33 players blinking back at him every day in training how does the session work with 33 players how do you pick a team every week and you disappoint 20 out of them like that's an unwieldy amount of players for any manager to have to work with every day isn't it yeah I think you're right I'd be surprised if he's working with that amount in the, in the media, in the media yeah. force teams but you, you couldn't you'd ha- but then no. you're saying to big enough players can you uh, can yeah, exactly. Go, can you well, go this over is there? the problem with a blowout squad. It always has been. You you cause more problems. It was always Marino was always one for in terms of and some other managers I heard oh, and I understood tight it. Squad. T- little yeah. bit of a tighter squad, you know, rather than being bloated and having unhappy players uh, around the dressing room, particularly at a, you know big egos at a big club. So yeah, he's right. I'm sure he make those decisions in the summer in terms of players and 
you know, players who are on the periphery will be, you know, be be out on loan, uh, Joe, whatever, or even sold. And then he should have the squad that he wants, you know, the, the balance that he wants in the squad by the time the season kicks off. Now, some of the managers might not have got that kind of patience, but I get a sense of they're not going to, they haven't lost faith in him, uh, the ownership, that they're going to stick with him and give him a little bit of time to implement his methods and, yeah, I think he'll get it. Personally, I think he'll get it, but we all know football, never say never. Well, indeed, and there were boos, obviously, at Stamford Bridge at the weekend. 88 minutes on the clock, Liverpool 2, Real Madrid 5 is still the scoreline. Benzema has gone off, and uh, to much acclaim from the Real Madrid fans, they don't need another goal, so he's off for the evening. On the Arsenal-City situation, what a shift in the oh, dynamic that's there. brilliant. It's exactly <laughs> what we want. It's exactly what we want. You know, uh, Man so City reeling them in. Dispiriting for the neutral if <laughs> Arsenal had wobbled against Villa, City win. It would just start to feel very ominous. But that's what we didn't want, I suppose, from a neutral point of view. You know, Arsenal's formed to drop off a, a cliff, and you know what I mean? And, you know, City to just kind of, you know, title race to be over by kind of the start of April. So I think it was important that result from Arsenal's perspective. It was a gutsy performance. Joe. I watched them out and most of it. Right. Weren't at their best. Um, obviously, Partey missing is a loss. Speak about, you know, Arsenal, you know, reasonably strong all over the pitch. But I think there's certain key areas or key players for them that they really don't want to miss between now and the end of the season. Partey's one of them. Okay. I'd, I'd suggest maybe Saka's probably the only other player, I think, that they could that would really hurt them he didn't knock if they were out for any extended period, yeah. So yeah, so for me, party out and Jorginho coming in for me is like that. That's a drop off. So I give them credit for the fact that despite of that, they kind of hung around in the game and mm. and found a way to win against Aston Villa. So that'll do them the that'll do them the world of good in terms of that bit of confidence. It might have taken a bit of a knock, you know, a little bit of a fear factor creeping in. City on their coattails, and then of course City going. You know, compounding a bit. <laughs> well, Pat Nevin on Monday, he said it should have been five nil half time. Just one of those days in front of goal for whatever reason. Yeah, well, that's it. You got to be clinical. You know, it's now. You know, I heard Pep again. Like I never like to hear they're talking about Farrell, aren't we? Andy Farrell never want to dwell on the on the negatives. You know, Pep after the game. You know, not only chances we create, but well, you know, we're playing against the team, nine behind the ball. And you know, do you? And I'm thinking, I hate that as if yeah. the team isn't allowed to defend. <laughs> exactly. I mean, every team, you know, every team has got like you know ten players behind the ball out of possession. Like you're doing something wrong to a large extent. The majority of players aren't behind for, the ball. For a, for a club with 115 charges against them, it's a hell of a moral high ground to take, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but it's like frustration. Is a real frustration that he knew we'd kind of reeled Arsenal in, and they've kind of he let them. They've let them off the hook a little bit, giving them a little bit more breathing space, but. Yeah, it's all to play for. You'd expect City to come again and, you know, the challenge is going to be there uh, for Arsenal between now and the end of the season. I think it's great. I think it's great to see. Uh, short outbreak football show brought to you by Sky. You can watch Leipzig take on Man City in the Champions League tomorrow night live only on BT Sport. Three minutes of added time feels a touch academic at this stage. Liverpool 2, Real Madrid 5. Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports Welcome back So we're full time at Anfield It has finished 5-2 Real Madrid Kenny Cunningham uh, Sum up what we've learned this evening um, oof. Yeah I think we've, we've learned Probably Liverpool supporters have learned probably what they already haven't learned anything. They've seen what they've what they already know. I, I expect it extinguishes any brief hope they may have had over the last week. Well, and I've, I've taken Madrid over the two legs. Is that what you mean? Just better against Everton, beat Newcastle. I wonder, are we start, are we revving up here? And then no, 
bit of a reality check. Yeah, there has, there has been a little bit rev up and, and improvement. And I expect that kind of compro- improvement to continue between now and the end of the season with kind of players coming back. But, you know, the, the ceiling of that is, you know, is still short. Yeah. You know, and on, so, on Madrid? Yeah, I just feel we saw we saw Madrid at their best um, second half. Like I said, just watching the screen there, second half, just looked as if just switched on, but moving the ball uh, quicker, more dynamic in terms of their movement uh, all over the pitch and just really went at Liverpool in that uh, second half and just really, yeah, just took the game away from them. Yeah, we are uh, pretty much done. Uh, tomorrow evening, Liam Hayes is going to be in studio for a uh, general chat about life and how things are. We have Wednesday night rugby. There'll be reaction to Republic of Ireland against China as well. Dan will be along for the football show. Uh, you can podcast all of tonight's show in the usual places. OTBAM coming at you tomorrow morning, half past seven, as usual, I'm sure, with lots of talk on uh, the European football, amongst other things. Kenny, pleasure. We'll do it again soon. Cheers. Good boys.